you know, that one was like in 2008 or nine that we did. So yeah, it, but I did think that like, if you could do a billboard right, it might be a good idea. And so it was always there. And I, like I said, I was dipping my toes in it for a while. So you're listening to the quick cast, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the QuickCast, the official podcast of Quick Trip. My name is Chris Calloway, and I'm joined today by a man where the only time you won't see his face in this area is when he's on a podcast. It's Russell Nicolay. Russell, welcome on to the QuickCast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So, you not only do you see Russell's face on billboards, commercials, social media, everywhere we look, but uh, now we can see Russell's face at Quick Trip. I mean, we're excited to have you on as a partner and uh, get your face out there just a little bit more. Yeah, we're uh, we're very excited. Um, actually, today I ran into someone that said, "Hey, I saw you at Quick Trip." I'm like, "When?" Yeah, I haven't been to Quick. Like, it was like three days ago, mm-hmm. and it was the Quick Trip where they wouldn't see me. Like, no, on the pump. So I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're on the pump." So yeah, we're super excited for the partnership with Quick Trip. Um, one more opportunity for folks that when they get off the road and they're done seeing the billboards, they'll see us at your pumps. But I, I mean, I think it's really two iconic uh, Midwest brands uh, partnering up. So super excited. And we saw you uh, inside of a quick trip in a commercial that uh, just the idea that you're everywhere. Yeah. And so the quick trip commercial that we we did, we shot that at the one of the new Hudson locations. Very beautiful quick trip. But we also have it set up so some folks will probably see it. Um in Minnesota and some places in Wisconsin, like either during or right around the Super Bowl as well. So keep an eye out for that. Very cool. And of course, we're doing a giveaway as well within our Quick Rewards app. I just got the push notification yesterday that you can win $500 a week from Nicolay Law. Yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, someone said, are you guys doing $500 each week? And I'm like, yeah, we are because I think that's, you know, we love the partnership. We love Quick Trip. I've been on the road basically for like the last 15 16 years as an attorney and quick trips the place that i typically stop at and i thought that'd be great to help one we have a partnership but two i like it i think it's a good place to stop and we can help folks out that are you know need some some help with gas or groceries or snacks or coffee whatever so yeah we're pretty excited about it and the 500 a week gift card giveaway should be great and let's talk about that footprint. You're on the road a lot. We're right on the border here in Hudson in between Wisconsin and Minnesota. But where are you spending the majority of your time uh, with your practice? Uh, it's. I mean, I spend a lot of times in the North Woods, actually, of Wisconsin. Um, I'm obviously in Hudson. This is where I live, and I'm headquartered out of Hudson, Wisconsin. But I'm also up in northern Minnesota quite a bit. Um, I kind of run both sides of the state uh, line, so I'm up in like the northern, like what you'd say, like Douglas County and those counties over there um, in Wisconsin. But in Minnesota, uh, typically up in St. Louis County, I've had a lot of cases um, going on lately in Duluth. Okay. So So you're everywhere where you you can see the billboards, that that maroon color really sticks out on the side of the road. But let's go back to the beginning with with a young Russell. What did you want to be when you were growing up? I think like a lot of young kids, probably the same as my, my kids now, I have five boys. Uh, I probably want to be like a baseball player, sure. maybe a football player. I mean, I didn't have a great build for a football player, <laughs> but uh, I did really love playing baseball and I grew up playing baseball in Wisconsin. Um, but I didn't really ever envision being a lawyer. I don't, you know, it wasn't actually until I kind of got into later in college that I thought about being a lawyer. So. Okay. And you went to undergrad at UW-Stevens Point? I did, yep. And so at what point did you think, okay, I want to take this into law school? I mean, what was kind of the, the genesis for you applying and taking that next step in your education? Yeah, so I was, you know, obviously Stevens Point is like central Wisco. It's an awesome place to be. Uh, but what was cool for me there is even though it's 
the middle of Wisconsin. There was like, international students. There's just students from all over Wisconsin. And so you kind of get introduced to new things. And there was just, I was in political science. I took, uh, ended up adding that as a major. So originally I was going to be a history professor. I don't know. Like I originally, originally didn't ever plan to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of the first in my immediate family to go to a four-year university. But uh, my mom kind of said, hey, why don't you just at least take the ACT? Because I had other op- other ideas. Some There's been some folks in my family have gone in the military, and I was kind of interested in that. And so what I, I took the ACT and I applied to one school, which is Point. That's what I got into. So when I went there, I really had no plan of what I was going to do because I didn't plan on going to like secondary sure. education in the first part. But I got there and it's I th- something clicked. I wasn't such a studious uh, student in high school, but I was when I got into college, I definitely was like, OK, I'm, you know, I'm paying for this. I got to buckle down. And I started, like I said, I started to kind of get into history um, and history is awesome. I still love it. But I think once you realize like history as a major, it's, there's a different level of what you're going to be doing with history. It's not just the fun part. It's like really, really involved. So I got into political science as well. And that kind of opened the door when I met some of these other students that some of them were talking about law school and we had a legal society. And I thought, hey, that sounds kind of cool. Um, I mean, this is kind of not a great story, but my dad basically, when I told him I was going to be a history professor, so he, he basically grew up on a farm. Um, he didn't go to college, but he then went into UPS and he worked from like loading trucks to driving trucks and he did pretty much everything at UPS. And he just told me when I told him I was going to be a history professor, he was not impressed with that. And he said, you need to do something that makes money like a lawyer. And I mean, that wasn't why, but it would just put a seed in my head. And I was thinking like, I've met these folks that are talking about law school. I took a constitutional law class as part of my political science Mm -hmm. degree. So there was just a lot of things that probably were kind of fed in. And so eventually... Um, we had this legal society became part of that. Uh, and part of that was like meeting lawyers, um, touring law schools. And then what really was a big point for me was Stevens Point, like, and I maybe other colleges have this, but Stevens Point had in a, a student legal society that employed an attorney. I don't know what we paid her. It probably wasn't much. It was probably more of an act of kindness for her. But students could pay $5 to have her help you with like whatever. Mostly it was like landlord tenant issues. Sure. A lot of us deal with that as students. And I just saw one, she was very much not like you'd assume a lawyer, very approachable, um, just very kind of like she felt, you felt like you're on the same playing field, or level playing field with her. Uh, but two, she was very, very intelligent, very kind. And so I saw her help a lot of people out. Um, I got interested in like that aspect. I saw her make a difference in people's lives, especially if you're a student, you're having a problem with the landlord, you're mm-hmm. concerned. So that really watching her, learning from her, just the little things that you kind of pick up from seeing her just interact was really a, a good thing for me. And then eventually um, I started to think, yeah, I think I'm going to go towards being um, maybe a law student, right? Because you got to be a law student before you become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. But then I did an internship as part of my, my political science degree at the Wausau Public Defender's Office. So I drive up there. It was pretty funny, too, because, like, I would run up after class to go um, up into Wausau, and then I would be sent out as an investigator. And, like, I didn't know what I was doing. They gave me a little business card. So they typed a little business card. It said Russell Nicolay, and I still have one. And it said, like, uh, intern or something, intern investigator. And I would go out and investigate cases. And I got put in some pretty 
not risky, I hope, but some some of those scary scenarios. But I really learned how I, I followed an investigator there for a bit, and I really learned how to talk to people that way and, and try to get information for cases. And I thought this is this is really fun. So um, that was just another thing that kind of got me excited, and eventually I decided, you know what, I should take what we it's called the LSAT to get mm-hmm. into law school. So so you get into law school, you decide you want to spend a little bit more on your education, want to read a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, what do you what's the ch- most challenging part about law school? Is it understanding kind of all of it or keeping up on the reading or like what do you remember most about your time in law school? Yeah, so I applied to Marquette and then what's now called Mitchell Hamlin. It was William Mitchell. So Marquette's obviously Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in Green Bay. I lived in Sheboygan before that. So I was kind of Eastern Wisconsin guy, even though I was born in Western Wisconsin. So that felt very home to me. Um, And that seemed like the natural from going to Point to Marquette. But uh, my wife at the time was my girlfriend. She lived up in Hudson. And I thought, you know, I've never lived in Minnesota, Neverland City. So went over there. And there was a little bit of transition, like you're talking about the most difficult thing, was also just like moving to the cities, totally different. Um, But then when I got to law school, one of the things I realized too was that, you know, and nothing wrong with the folks at Stevens Point, because they were great, um, very intelligent, uh, but the the level of competition at law school is a lot different. And the level of, like you were mentioned, reading and preparing and the professors they do this like uh socratic method so you get called on in class and if you're not prepared Mm -hmm. they make you look like an idiot so it's a lot more intense i think and so the intensity one you can never really let your your guard go down uh when you go to class but then two the amount of time that you prepare for class it's totally different in my opinion at least at what i did undergraduate versus law school so yeah i thought Undergraduate was a great way. I learned a lot. Um, I met a lot of great people. Was in, involved in a lot of great organizations, and it was really a fun experience and a good experience. Law school is like a very intense experience mm-hmm. and one that you just kind of want to get. In my opinion, you want to get out as soon as you can. You want to get out and get into the real world, and that sounds like that's what they're preparing you for. Is kind of that high pressure preparation uh, scenarios that you're going to find yourself in in the courtroom, which is ultimately where most lawyers end up at some point, I would imagine, dealing with those high pressure situations where if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to be exposed pretty quickly. Right. And I think that was one thing, too, as when it was William Mitchell, and it's probably similar now, but William Mitchell is really known for like practical uh, law. So to get you ready, like Mm -hmm. when you left that you could go um, get into the courtroom, could do things like that. And uh, I felt prepared as I could be. And I learned a lot when, you know, you think you know one thing until you get your first case and you start working with the judges and in the court system. But I mean, it wasn't very long. I think I was sworn in in April of 07. And in May, I was already probably in the courtroom doing stuff. So I mean, it was was interesting. Uh, I think it was pretty nerve wracking. But I do, to your point, law school, like once you realize what the real legal legal world is like, you understand why they were like that in law school. Because sure. in law, the, you know, when you're in law school, you're not actually representing anyone else generally, unless you're doing some kind of clinic. And so you need to be put on the spot for yourself. But when you're out in the real world, like what you're doing in your preparation and your ability to like command the courtroom or articulate things to the judge, like that's for someone else. Sure. So you're right, they're getting you ready. Like, this is tough. But the real law practice can be tougher and there's more at stakes. There's a period of time where you're not working for your own shop yet. You, you haven't fully set up Nicolay Law. Kind of, How did you get to the point from where you passed the bar, you're a lawyer, to opening up your own firm? Yeah, so uh, while I was in law school, I, uh, there was actually in Hudson, Wisconsin, a, um, a small 
solo practice attorney that ended up needing a law clerk. So she hired me and I did a lot of work for her and she's a great attorney, um, ran a great practice. And so I kind of helped her get caught up on a lot of things over the, I think the two years that I worked for her. And so in law school, you generally, um, you know, you're like, I actually got out a, a semester early cause I did wind term and summer term. Cause I just, I really want to get out there. And like you, to your <laughs> point too, I mean, I've been in college and I, and I just was hungry to get out one practice law, but to just kind of at that point, you know, you're in your early twenties, almost mid twenties. And you're like, I got to get out in the real world and really start that. So I, I pushed through that way. And in that winter before I took the bar exam in the winter, which a lot of folks will take it in the summer, I took it in the winter. And so I think I told her, hey, I'm going to take time off, like a month off to prepare. And so I just made it my job, like every day from for eight to 10 hours, I would just prepare for the bar. Mm -hmm. I lived in this little apartment over in Woodbury and I did it. I was really stuck to it. The only break I would take uh, during the day was like generally to eat lunch or maybe go do some exercise and come back, like work out or whatever. But after I took it, you don't find out for, it's almost like two months if you've mm. passed or not, right? So you're sitting there in limbo, Every the worst thoughts that you can ever have about your life and your future and how stupid you might be and what you did on the on the actual uh, bar exam come to mind. And so I kind of got like, I'm gonna mm -hmm. pass, right? So I built the website, I made business cards. I didn't, I couldn't like put the website live or put the business cards out because basically that you can't do that until you're, you're not a practicing attorney. Right. Yeah. Unauthorized practice a lot. I'm not going to lose my laws license before <laughs> I have it, but I kind of got everything set up as if the moment that I get sworn in, mm -hmm. I can just hit the ground running. Cause I had extra time and, and you got anxiety and nerves because sure. it's not like you're just sitting around you're like thinking, Oh man, that, that letter's going to come in the mail. Is it going to be good or bad? If I get it, it's going to be too big, too small. Um, and so eventually the letter did come when I was there and I, the same kind of questions like too big, too small, opened it, you know, obviously just right because I passed. I was very excited. Um, and then I had everything ready. So as soon as you get sworn in, which is usually, I think it might be within a couple of weeks of getting the letter, then I put my website up and, sure. and started running with it. Okay. So. so, you know, it was it was your name, your last name, but it also happens to be last name of your, your brothers and some of the other people that you brought on staff here. How did you grow it from you to your family to that, all the other lawyers that are employing now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking back, it's kind of crazy. But basically, when I first started it, you know, I had a, a room that was like my a whole office was about the size of this conference room. And at the time, all I wanted was one client, like to actually have a client to say I was a lawyer. And so it was always kind of like, all right, what can I do next? What can I do next? And just keep pushing it. And I got to a point too where I opened a second office in Eau Claire because I was down there anyway. And I was born in Eau Claire and it seemed nice. And ended up bringing in my cousin who was uh, went to CVTC to be a paralegal. Mm -hmm. So and he's super great. That worked out very well to have him help out. And so that kind of started the family sure. dynamic. Like your cousin's already working here. Um, I mean, it, he, yeah, he was indispensable, he's invaluable. He still works here. Sure. So and now we're talking like, you know, almost 17 years later, his name's Adam. And uh, he came back and he was at Madison, but he had left Madison to join the army. And his now wife and I were talking and we're like, hey, you know, I think we we're just talking about law. And like, he, we should just get him to be a lawyer. Like, I think he would like this. and. And you can ask our cousin, mm -hmm. he likes it. So basically he came back and um, he was injured and we said, hey, why don't you go finish up stuff at Madison for your undergraduate and then see. And so he did that, moved over to the cities and, and went to St. Thomas. And then his his wife, who's always been a huge supporter, um, she went to Madison with them. Then she also went to St. Thomas and got an MBA while mm -hmm. just kind of be there with sure. them. Like, and so 
Uh, then he kind of worked here as a clerk and then eventually he passed. And, um, you know, the hard part is when you're a one person law firm, like you have enough work for yourself. And sure. it's the big question for a lot of lawyers is will I have enough? So I just like, okay, that was probably one of the, the poor. Um, the cool thing was too back then though, and, uh, that I was able to like in a lot of trades and, and professions, you can apprentice. And mm-hmm. I'd say like, he got to apprentice under me, not that I'm the best. Sure master uh, lawyer, but whatever, however you put it, but he he worked with me and we worked on things together and I can actually, which is really fun, is think about like, here's the first time he did a deposition. Like, I'm like, hey, here, I asked all these questions. Why don't you jump in? And, you sure. know, so that was a really cool thing, but that was the start. You know, my cousin first, then my brother, um, eventually our other brother joined and our sister came in as a paralegal and uh, we actually, now my mom's in as a nurse. So it, it like, I mean, we have, 50, over 50 employees. So sure. It's not like everybody's a relative, right, but right, we got right. a few. We got a few. Um, so you graduate, uh, you pass the bar, you, you get started with your um, with your business here at sort of an interesting time in the country. And how do you find your footing as a business when you're trying to navigate, you know, the greater rocky waters of those economy things too? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I did get a little bit kind of lucky um, is when I was working, I sat at my office and I, was, I wasn't sure exactly why. I always did some injury work, but I also did family law. Um, I, I gave me a lot of courtroom experience. So I was kind of had a, a diverse practice. And mm-hmm. when you're a new attorney, that's how you have business, right? If somebody shows up and needs something, as long as you can either figure it out or you know it, or you have a good mentor, I ended up finding some mentors, one that's a judge here now that would help, you know, I call them up with questions. But basically, and unfortunately, you know, the economy was in rough shape mm-hmm. in 2008, especially 2009. And so folks are calling me about bankruptcy, and I was like, "Hey, I, I you know, I don't, I just don't know anything about. It. I can't help you." And then someone go to work, and I was, I felt like I gotta help this lady. Sure. Like I just felt bad for her, so I went into the phone book because back then we used a phone book, and I found a lawyer that did it, and I called him. I said, "Hey, I've got this client or potential client. She needs help. I want to help her with her vehicle." And super nice guy. He lived in New Richmond, and he said, "Hey, why, why don't you just come over? I'll buy you like a burger, and we'll talk about." And I, so he kind of walked me through. Hey, if you want to do some of this work and help people out there having some debt issues or things that are going on, um, I can give you some, you know, he kind of gave me some of the help for that. But then also he had a, an employee that was a paralegal that worked as a kind of independent contractor. And he said, you know, she's always looking for work. Maybe you, you need another paralegal if you're going to do some more stuff. And I said, sure. And then so I started to then when these calls came in, I started working on them. something was going on because a lot of people were needing debt relief very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, what I found out, which was really satisfying, is I always wanted to be a lawyer. You know, as long as I want to be a lawyer, well, part of it was to help people. Like mm-hmm. exactly, that's what I learned from the Student Legal Society the lawyer there. It was like that helping people. And when people would come in and they had these debt issues, they were I mean, you know, people sometimes were going to get divorced because there's just so much stuff sure. going on because of the debt pressures. And so when I would file bankruptcy for folks or get a, help them with the debt issue to watch the relief that they had, there was a ton of satisfaction. And then it just kept more and more people were calling and calling. And then obviously we know we had the Great Recession. And so in the Great Recession, I was very, very busy um, helping people. And it's certainly people from all walks of life that had debt issues, uh, you know, developers that had, man, you know, tens of millions of dollars of land, you know, so I was had all kinds of spectrums. I actually had tried had to try some cases in federal court against banks. Um, so it was very interesting time. It did keep me very busy. That helped grow the practice a bit. Um, but man, it was it was good to feel like helping out. I mean, the, the being able to help people and seeing that this the relief. I mean, I well, I had a trial on a, where a bank was going after a client. We won, and the husband and wife were crying mm-hmm. in the outside the courtroom. And you know, like that feeling sure. is it's hard to replicate. So that kind of got 
got me through as an office. I, you know, like I said, kind of happenstance fell into that, but uh, that helped build us as we continue to grow. And we obviously needed more staff to help all the folks that were having these debt issues. Um, and then because of, I think, the work that we had done, and, I, you know, we're still doing, I still did family law through that time, too. Um, you know, the goal, I think, of most businesses, you do a good job and you get the word of mouth. And hopefully, I've seen what would happen. We mm-hmm. just kept getting more and more clients and more people said, hey, you know, you helped out so-and-so or you helped me in this issue. Can you help me on that? And that grew our injury practice as well. So word of mouth is, seems to be working as well. You you didn't start with 200 or however many billboards you have today. You start with one and that approach obviously seemed to work as you continue to grow and grow. What was sort of the initial thought between A, putting up a billboard and then B, putting your face on it too? Yeah. So I think, and you hit on the head, I, I started with one billboard. It was between the cities and Hudson. And the reason I did that is because I figured all the folks that were coming back that worked in the cities would see the billboard. And it was just a picture of me standing. I literally took the picture out of my website. I had no idea what I was doing. I just thought like, what about a billboard? There's be all these people. And I, I think it was like 90,000 people a day pass past. I sure. thought, why? That just seems like a good idea. The billboard was done very poorly by myself because I designed <laughs> it. Um, at that time, it had way too much uh, text on it. Uh-huh. And a picture of me, <laughs> kind of like a dark <laughs> pick for that. But uh, so I did that. And actually, I kind of did it. I didn't really want to tell anybody. I didn't even tell my wife that I did it. And it happened to be that somebody that she knew drove by and said, do you know your like your husband has a billboard on the side of the road? <laughs> so that's how it all started. And that billboard wasn't extremely successful, um, but I thought I just kind of went with it and slowly like, you know, I did most of the designs myself. Sometimes the billboard company would like give some feedback, but I started to like try to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And then I put some in Eau Claire and so, but it was like, I, you know, that one was like in 2008 or nine that we did might have been nine M. I don't know how long it took before I added like five or 10, but I, I was probably never over 10. Sure. Um, so yeah, it, but I did think that like, if you could do a billboard right, it might be a good idea. And so it was always there. And I, like I said, I was dipping my toes in it for a while. So. So does that drive all sorts of people to call? I mean, figure out how you, you handle kind of that, that traffic that comes your way? Yeah. And I think Someone asked me this the other day, a lawyer, he said, is it like if I just get a billboard, well, I just get a ton of clients and it's like, no, actually you won't. It's not probably a good investment. I'm not kind of giving like some behind the scenes stuff, but it's not really a great investment um, to if that's where you're going to put your money. I mean, there's sure. like ours is a different level campaign mm-hmm. and there's a lot that's went into it. And it's taken, frankly, like if you say we started in 2009, you know, here we are how many years later. Sure. So you really got a long game and, and a lot of spend. But um, you do get folks that just call about anything, and it. One of the things too is like, sometimes the billboards you think might be helpful for people seeing you, but it's not always the local people. It's sure. like people that are driving through, and they're like, "Yeah, I got a speeding ticket," and the only lawyer I remember because I'm from I don't know, Illinois, or I'm from Missouri, mm-hmm. is some guy in a billboard. So they call you. Well, we don't do speeding tickets. So yeah, you're, to answer your question, you get a lot of stuff that way, and you get attention. And what I found out too is, a lot, especially like lawyers and judges, and sometimes I think people take that as like, "Oh, it must be working." Well, they're not hiring you, and they're sure. not, so. It's though they see it just because they're like, I know lawyers and now there's a, some lawyer that's got a billboard on the side of the road, just not even done correctly, you know, like mm-hmm. poorly, <laughs> like right what they're thinking, but he's got a billboard. So anyway, but yeah. Do you think that there's the, like a reputation that precedes yourself? Cause you kind of put yourself out there as a public image. Like it's a, it's a, it's a great look. You know, you got the sort of avatar looking thing with yep. the, the trees and the sunglasses and it all came together nicely. But is there any sort of like negatives that come with that too? Yeah, I mean, even if you go back to the first like couple billboards, 
uh, I remember being in court and like the defense counsel would say to the judge something like, like, you know, so there is that. Uh, so, and I, and I think there's like this idea that billboard attorneys are something or aren't something, you know, some people say they're successful, some say they're not, some say they're not real trialers. I think every billboard lawyer is probably different. I would say that majority of billboard lawyers probably aren't practicing lawyers. I've always continued it. So I have to fight back against that image because mm -hmm. I can even hear people like I've never, I've seen, you know, I see it on the internet. I've never seen him in court and like, man, I'm in court all the time. I, I mean, sometimes I wish I wasn't doing as much court work. I mean, I, and I, I say that kind of, uh, you know, with a, you know, not, I like working. I love sure. being a lawyer, but you know, sometimes it gets really busy. But I think one of the things that, to your point too, is there's that, there's like, hey, we think we know who this person is because he's on all these billboards. Um, and then also, uh, but what people don't know, and I think more and more people, because I've been trying to get the story out there that this is the truth about it, is that's actually a picture of me. Sure. We just had somebody cartoon it, and it's been trademarked. So, and it says a picture of Russell. So, like some people call it Bitmoji, but it's not truly a Bitmoji. It's actually my picture, and we just cartooned it. We hired somebody to cartoon it, and then um, because it seemed kind of fun, like a way to be, be me, but a little bit more approachable and fun, right? And I showed my one brother um, when we did it, and he was like, this is stupid. That was his exact, <laughs> like, he just, my youngest brother, who um, who's eight years younger than me that eventually joined as a lawyer, he liked it. Mm -hmm. But uh, my brother that's two years younger, uh, he is like, this is ridiculous. I would never hire a lawyer like that. You know, that's how it was. Sure. But I'm like, hey, well, again, let me tell you, I actually got some billboards in the process. This thing's going up. And I thought, too, like, the original one, though, I didn't have a smiling face. It was like, there's some old ones. I think they're all gone now, but that was, a, so when I saw that go up, eventually we, we changed it. We changed the picture. The one that we actually trademarked was, I did a pick the same picture again, but I'm smiling. Sure. But then we thought it'd be fun to add the sunglasses. And then I'm always in the Northwoods. You know, I've born and raised in Wisconsin. And if I'm not in here, I'm in Minnesota. And I thought like, what's, you know, other than cheese for Wisconsin, like pine trees are everywhere. Sure. So then we threw the pine trees in and I was like, this just is, this is awesome. Like I really liked it. And like I said, my one brother didn't, if you ask him now, I think he's cool with it, but it took a while. It took a while. So you get the, the cartoon sort of finished, and you sort of crystallize that as your your image sort of at that age, and now you don't have to cover up the grays in the picture, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. As, a, as I'm getting – is yeah. Uh, the one thing, too, is, like, people ask, like, what happens if you change your image or whatever? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll have to see it when I get there. I obviously can't shave my beard. I did trim it up a bit, uh -huh. so it's still growing back because – I don't know why I was, well, I was headed out to Colorado right before we did that quick trip commercial you're talking about. And I, uh, you know, not, you know, look, look good, look professional. And so I went in and got it trimmed up a little bit more. And when I showed up, uh, even some, uh, some of my team was like, dude, I don't even recognize you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I might've, might've jumped the gun. So in the video and on the pumps as well, you see my, my beard's a little trimmed up. I've been growing it back, but yeah. Uh, you know, as I get older and I get grays and stuff, but I, yeah, we'll see. I, I know someone, I was doing something with Charlie Barons and Miles mm -hmm. and they asked me if there was any other iterations of it that like I couldn't do. And I was like, yeah, me maybe looking more handsome or looking muscular, you know, more muscular or whatever, I guess keeping it, not having grays as I get more grays in my beard. So, you know, nice. Um, what do your kids think about you having such a public image like that? Yeah, it's, I, it's hard to know. Um, they're pretty cool. Like, I, if anybody seen my commercials, they were, some of my kids like to give me a hard time about the beard. Uh, they said they would never grow a beard. I mean, like anything you probably hear on the internet, I probably heard it from my kids. But uh, they, I think overall they like it. And I coach basketball for the Y here too. And one of my kids is in that. 
um, in, in that, on my team that I coach, and they're always saying, oh, I saw you or I saw your dad. And so they, it seems like they're okay with it. Um, I suppose as long as people, it, it's not something that people hate. Uh, you know, there are some people that like it, some people that don't, but most of what I, and this might be credit to the people in the Midwest, but most of the time when I'm out and about and I run into people, they're always super friendly. Sure. You know, like I was up in Duluth walking out of court or walking out of deposition out of a lawyer's office. And if you've ever seen our Hold My Beer commercial, this car slows down. I've got a big banker box in my file. I'm just walking back because I'm going to go through this building back to the parking ramp. And like, Russell! And I look, and you never know why someone yelling at me. They're like, sure. stops, rolls on the window, hold my beer. They start laughing, and I was laughing. And so it's stuff like that. I, I run into people at gas stations all the time. And now with on your on the quick trip pumps, I'm sure more and more people will recognize me at the gas stations. But I'd say for the most part, other than the stuff you see on the internet, people have been pretty cool. And I think that... That probably then my my kids are probably better about. It. I mean, if they were hearing it all the time about it, your dad's like an idiot, maybe maybe they wouldn't be as cool with it. So so do you have like a secret billboard alliance with like Chris Lindahl and David Gruber? Uh no, I don't. <laughs> I would say that like yeah, I I think um, David Gruber. You know, obviously one of the original kind of marketing lawyers mm-hmm. in in Milwaukee and probably other parts of Wisconsin. Uh, he has put some billboards now out by like where we are out in Western Wisconsin, sure. but we've also went into Milwaukee a bit too. I love Milwaukee's cool area. And we've got an office there. We've got employees there now. We've got a bunch of stuff going on in Milwaukee, but um, yeah, we don't have any lines with them. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm sure he's not like a fan. He has real estate. So it's, I, when I see his billboard, I, you know, it doesn't bother me. I think he does a great job with it. I think um, sometimes like he does some things that I wouldn't do. Like for example, he flies a plane around, like a biplane. He not he, I don't. I'm assuming he doesn't fly, but he sure. has someone fly it around the state fair in Minnesota. Oh yeah, yeah. Behind, yeah. Um, but I do like I always am really impressed when people are trying new things, even if they are a competitor, or even if there's someone that maybe is taking a billboard space that I could get. But it's it's all good. Yeah, we don't have any alliances. Um, if we did, it'd probably keep the prices down, but we don't. So, <laughs> so you you put your image out there. You know, you spend your life your time in depositions in courtrooms, but you also want to use your your face and your image for good. And you're involved in a, a variety of different uh, community activities. Um, what sort of causes and events are you guys passionate about supporting? Uh, in Western Wisconsin, they have a Feed My People and it, it basically stocks the food pantries. There's a lot, and one of the big things that we've been involved in is sponsoring a van because there's a lot of children all over, but even, I don't think some people recognize this, like even in say Eau Claire, Wisconsin, there's kids that don't have food when they go home. Um, they don't have food at all or something just even like healthy food. And so the school system has been good about making sure those kids have food, but when they go home for the weekends or at night, they don't. So the Feed My People organization that we work with, um, they, they'll like do backpacks and things to make sure kids have food when they go home. But then you have the summer when they don't have school, so they have these pop-up stuff. So we've been really working on that. I think we're going to try to do more and more of that. I've told my team to like, I mean, obviously we want to help out as many places and many things as we can, but it's always been, uh, for me, it's, it's, I think, and I think for the rest of the office too, it's really important if we, you know, you can't make it, you can't go work. You can't, there's no hardly anything you can do and all you want, you know, there's enough problems as a kid, enough things to deal with. And just, you know, having some fresh food, having being able to eat in general, right? So that's what we're going to continue to work on. Um, I think, too, like, on social media where we've, we've like, given away money to, like, the hardest working farmer. Uh, you know, farmers have it really difficult, especially small family farms in the Midwest in general. has been very difficult for them. But one of the things that I would like to do now besides the – we're definitely going to continue and, and do what we can to expand programs and, um, for kids – 
but I think I'd like to do something where we can maybe do some fun kind of giveaways for like small business owners, for people that are trying to get businesses going, because I know how that is. Mm -hmm. It is tough. Um, it can be a great ride, a lot of fun, very rewarding, but it's very, 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 very tough. And I mean, I can tell even as a young lawyer, well, I, used to eat, I used to eat breakfast in the morning and this is kind of gross, but I would wake up and like get my breakfast and I'd be so nervous about all the stuff I do. I would throw it up <laughs> and then I go to work. So, sure. so like, I know, I mean, one that being a lawyer is tough to it because you have to go in and there's always somebody generally against you, like mm -hmm. the adversary and they're worthy adversaries, good sure. lawyers. So you. So it, no matter how hard you're working, there's somebody working maybe just as hard against you, but just a small business thing, you know, you've, you've got so many things to figure out. So that's another thing. I'm trying to figure out how we can do that. But um, but yeah, giving back to the community is awesome. And we try to really be involved in the communities that we have offices in, that we, you know, that people need our help, that we can also give back and they can see like that generally, at least at our law firm, I think a lot of lawyers are this way, that we do try to be positive parts of the community, help out and do what we can and give back, so. Cool. Alrighty, now gonna we're gonna wrapping things up with some rapid fire questions for Russell. First one: If you have a day off, a complete day off with no work on the agenda, what are you gonna be doing? Uh, well, I'd like to hang out at my cabin at the lake. That'd be it. Um, free day with my kids at the lake. There That'd you go. Definitely. It. If I said, "Here's twenty dollars," what are you coming out a quick trip with? Oh, all right. Well, so. Probably gonna get some beef jerky. Uh, definitely going to get uh, a coffee, probably uh, with the self grinder. Like I think it's the house one. A uh, little bit of creamer in there. Probably some cinnamon on top. That'll be good. Probably gonna be getting a kind bar. Um, and then probably even though I shouldn't. I'm gonna buy a bag of chips for sure with that too. So uh, apple juice from you guys sure. too. So, I've been cutting back on the chocolate milks there. Okay, but you got a lot of protein there and some caffeine, and that gets you through your day. Yeah, yeah, and I'd probably get something with like some maybe some pistachio or something too. Okay, yeah, some yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. Good for you. Um, all right, if you're gonna go with something sweet, are you gonna go Glazer or Dunker? Oh, man, I I'd probably go Glazer. Dunk. I that's a hard one, but I if I just pick right off the top, Glazer. Have you tried the Raspberry Dunker? I have not. Okay, sometimes they're hard to find. I mean, people have been clamoring for them. It's one of our limited time offerings, so it's pretty good if you can find it in stores. Um, on the roller grill, there's an item that uh, spins around. Uh, do you pronounce it tornado or tornado? Okay, this is unfair because I kind of know it's supposed to be tornado. So I say tornado. I would say tornado, but I would say I know it's tornado, so that's why I do it. There you go. Um, so you mentioned coffee. And that leads me to my next question. Is it always coffee or are you ever an energy drink guy? No, I don't drink any energy drinks. When I was like in college, I started drinking Red Bull at one point. Um, but I'm really, coffee is my thing. And what I really, like I said earlier, I really love just that a nice coffee with a little bit of cream because you guys had the fresh cream. And then I found out one time, I don't know why I didn't notice this before, that you have like the little like cinnamon, I think it might even cinnamon mixed with brown sugar. So I put a little bit of that in, bam, that's awesome. That's all I need. That gets me going to the next, I need to stop the next one. Um, if you're going to the hot spot, are you going burger or chicken sandwich? Uh, I'd, uh, I'd say chicken sandwich. Chicken even sandwich. though I want to say burger, but I know like I'm, you know, I'm 42 now. So I'm kind of like, I feel like chicken's maybe a little healthier, not, you know, and then lastly, I said you're staying away from the chocolate milk a little bit, but if you had to, are you going to go brown cap or green cap? I call it like the chocolate milk heavy. Yeah, I'm going brown cap on that thing. Skip the creamer and just go brown cap into the coffee, right? <laughs> right? Like that's, that's a combination, man. That's a better And then when move. you finish, you because you can't put all the whole brown cap in. So you're using that as your creamer. 
you then you've got a chocolate milk and a coffee with some cre- you know with some brown cap creamer in there so you got kind of two things going on yeah it's pretty good i mean i personally i've never heard of that but we might need to be able to trademark that as the russell nicolay special hey i i love that i mean I, i'm on the road a lot traveling for you know for depositions or court and so uh you got to come up with things to mix it up and keep it interesting especially the ride home the ride in the morning usually a coffee like i said if you have like a kind bar or something to get there but on the way back it's like so for the ride home well, we'll be able to see you even more at Quick Trips. We'll be seeing you on the pumps. We've got the commercial going on in store, the giveaway within the Quick Rewards app, and of course, on a billboard near you, Russell Nicolay. We appreciate your time here on the Quick Cast, and uh, best of luck with everything coming up. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you next time. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Quick Cast. Hey, we'll see you next time. <laughs>